You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. On hand with us today is one of my all-time favorites, my good pal, Bruce Cameron, is going to come on the line. Bruce is going to talk to us about his uh, latest book, Repo Madness. And so we want to uh, definitely follow up on that, learn more about the book. And then, of course, we'll talk to him, of course, about A Dog's Purpose and all the wonderful stuff going on around that. So it's going to be fun. It's going always entertaining. So everybody just hang tight. Uh, we'll come back right after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Put a puppy under the Christmas tree. Wait, you read it, not feed it. It's the dog with the opposable thumb, an accidental love story. The fun new book by award-winning author, Mark Barkowitz. When an accidentally DNA-altered puppy is born with a thumb, his lovelorn grad student caretaker devises a strategy to achieve their Kardashian-like fame and fortune. It's funny, intelligent, and incredibly unique. And 20% of book sales benefit the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb is available now through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and MarkBark.org. Thumbs up to a howling fun book for the holidays. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb. Order yours now. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Joining me today is New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of A Dog's Purpose and also his latest book, Repo Madness. Welcome back to the show, our good friend Bruce Cameron. Bruce, welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be on your show. It's always great to have you here. I, you know, we, we love your work. We love what's going on with you, and we've got to find out more about the latest book, the latest novel, Repo Madness. Walk us through it a little bit. I, well, you know, I don't, even though every single book I write now has a dog on the cover, I don't write just dog books, meaning just stories about dogs. Repo Madness is the second in my series that works on the sort of a paranormal mystery series of a repo man in northern Michigan who has a voice in his head. He has a voice that he actually talks to. It's a funny book because he doesn't get along with the voice. They argue a lot. And along the way, they solve some crimes. And they, uh, in this particular case, what arises in the very first part of the novel is that this repo man, who at one time was destined for a big career in the NFL, and then he, uh, he got into a car accident, and a, a woman who was in the back seat of his car drowned and was found floating in the lake a few days later. And so he went to prison. He lost his career, scholarship. Everything went down the drain. So now he makes his living as a repo man in northern Michigan. And then in the beginning of the book, Repo Madness, when he's in Repo Madness refers to the theory that the repo man's boss has, the reason he can hear a voice in his head is because repossessing cars eventually gets to you. It drives you crazy. Makes you mad. So he's got repo madness. And uh, he, very early on in the book, he finds out that somebody witnessed this girl who drowned in the back of his car getting out of the car before the accident. And so the repo man, Ruddy McCann, has got to figure out, okay, well, then what could possibly have happened to drowned anyway if she wasn't in my car? 
And that puts him on the hunt for who might have really, or what really happened. We don't even know if this witness is telling the truth or if she was mistaken, but it does send Ruddy McCann down the path of trying to find out what might have happened. And that's how the mystery gets started. You know, it's a mystery, so I don't want to give it all away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So another another super mystery. Now, I know you said right from the beginning that it's not your intention to write about dogs and, and all this in the book. But we have to mention there is there is always a sidekick. There's always a dog sidekick in, in life as well as in your books. So tell us a little bit about our, yeah. our furry friend, how that comes into play. Right. I, you know, I am the kind of person that if it's about a normal human, a normal American person, that I always wonder, well, where's their dog? You know, I mean, I get why James Bond can't have a schnauzer. But other than that, I mean, if somebody like Ruddy McCann, he's a repo man in northern Michigan, he's got a dog. Why wouldn't he have a dog? And so we have Jake, the dog, the laziest basset hound, and that's a redundancy, but a lazy basset hound. <laughs> That is his uh, pooch. And I will tell all of your dog fans out there that this dog has a very important part in the plot, a very uh, significant role to play in Ruddy McCann's pursuit of justice and finding out who the real killer might be. It is also true that the first book in the series, which is The Midnight Plan of the Repo Man, I kind of like unusual titles for this series, Midnight Plan of the Repo Man, uh, that's when Ruddy McCann first starts hearing the voice, and Jake the Bassett is a big part of that book as well. So it's, it's you know, my characters have dogs. That's because they're like regular people, and regular people have pets a lot of the time. Not always, but something like 70% of Americans either own a dog or have had a dog in their lives. So why wouldn't a Repo have a dog? That's my thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And those other 30% need to get on the ball and get them a dog. That's for sure. <laughs> and there are, there are dogs at the rescue right now waiting for those people to go down there and pick them up. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love your analogy about the Schnauzer because obviously, A, I'm a huge Schnauzer fan. Uh, I don't know if you recounted that or not. And, of course, James Bond, you yes. know, why wouldn't he have a Schnauzer? I mean, Schnauzers look like they're wearing little tuxedos. <laughs> it would be a perfect fit. So I'm not sure what's going on there. They have trouble jumping out of airplanes with a schnauzer. <laughs> there are some things, some things that the schnauzer would say, you know, I think I'd rather stay home and watch television. Yeah, yeah that's right. I'll stay on the plane, especially if it's a private plane and uh, lap a luxury yeah. here. You, you jump out and then I'll catch up with you later. I think it's the way it will work. Yeah, exactly. Now you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I hope I don't know if you let the cat out of the bag here or not, but you mentioned uh, the series of the Repo Man. Now, are you? Uh, is, is it already set in stone? Is there uh, plans for further Repo Man novels and mysteries? Well, I've got number one and number two out, and I do have in my head a story ready to burst for the Repo Man number three. I also am trying. I live out here and work in Hollywood. I'm trying to sell the concept as a TV show, that's pretty difficult to do, but if I could get that going, that would probably really help the series be more popular as well. I mean, I think people, I'll be honest with you, Tim, people want to see me write books like A Dog's Purpose. That's my big bestseller. That's the movie that's coming out. Everybody's excited about A Dog's Purpose. This is uh, a little difficult. I'm uh, one of those writers who, I do have a brand, but it's also true that I like to write other things that are a little maybe off-brand. And when I do that, it's hard for my fan base to sort of wrap their mind around it, you know? 
Yeah. But certainly when I write when I write a book that's got a dog, you know, when it's from the dog point of view, it's like the dogs of Christmas. It's about books, it's about dogs. Those kind of books I do very well because everybody's like, Oh yeah, Bruce Cameron, he writes the dog books. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, and, and I think it's fascinating. I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, and I was curious when you brought this up about uh, the fan base because, yeah, you are, ever since The Dog Purpose came out, and rightfully so, are, are known as the dog guy. It's good, heartfelt, yeah. interesting stuff. But, you know, you cut your teeth sort of on uh, humor, being a humorist. You know, yeah. your early work especially, and, and even yeah. today, the work that you do in your writing for newspapers and columns, et cetera, is humor. And now this book, though it has a dog in it, is more of a you know a, a mystery. So how do you keep yeah. the, the fans that are expecting to pick up a book and, and get a nice tug at their heart because the dog wins the day or comes back in multiple lives compared to the fans yeah. that you had early on and now the fans are looking for a good mystery? Yeah, I hope they're willing to take the journey with me. I hope they're willing to go for a ride because it's not always going to be the same out of me. And you're, you put your finger on probably what bugs my publisher the most, which is that I don't turn in the same book over and over again. But I will say that Midnight Plan of the Repo Man and Repo Madness, they're funny because there's a lot of key characters in there that do and say funny things. I've had a lot of people tell me they laugh out loud and pair the books something that Carl Hyacin might write. And then, you know, A Dog's Purpose, a lot of people say that there's plenty of laughter in that in that book. And A Dog's Journey, the sequel, is the second one in the series. There's a lot of laughter. So I, I think that I'm hoping that people sort of will tolerate me writing about things where it's not 100% about the dog when there's a dog in it, you know? And if I write a James Bond book, I promise you I'll give him a schnout. <laughs> there you go. I gotta love that. Gotta love that. Well, I gotta ask you real quick then about people that know your bio, know that you're a Michigan guy. You're from Michigan, yeah. And they know that you possibly, they possibly know or should know that you spent time as a repo guy. That's right. That's right. Now I gotta ask, was the football scholarship ever out there? <laughs> <laughs> Only if they gave scholarships for not getting your uniform dirty <laughs> if that if that had been the case i would have gotten a scholarship no i uh i think i was a real disappointment to my football coach when i tried out for football i think he was hoping not to see me standing there that's ruddy mccann's story that's not my story ruddy McCann, you know ruddy mccann he's a big guy he's a big burly guy i'm not a big burly guy in fact i I was kind of a nerdy-looking guy with a clipboard and wearing a, a coat and tie. I didn't look like a threat to anybody. But I think in a way that maybe helped because when I would sneak up into a driveway and take a car because the person had decided he no longer wanted to pay for it, people would see me walking up the driveway with a clipboard, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be alarmed at all until they saw me driving away in their car. And that, that, would, that would kind of uh, upset them a little bit. <laughs> Well, I have to admit, you know, getting to know you over the years and being around you a little bit, I you know, I always have to wrap my head around the repo man because you're right. I, I always envision this big burly guy, sort of like Dog the Bounty Hunter, sort of a repo man type yeah. thing. So he's big, you know, powerful, yeah. these big fit kind of guys. But I do have to say I'm, I'm circling back around again because I found this wonderful little quote. And the quote was, you can usually tell that a man is good if he has a dog who loves him. Now, the question yeah. is, who wrote that quote? Where does that quote come from? Is, can you tell our audience? <laughs> I wrote that. That's, That's a right. quote from A Dog's Journey, which is the second book in the A Dog's Purpose series. And what's really funny about it is that it's a magazine, Men's Health, I think it is. That's right. And uh, they 
they did a full page of a guy with a dog with that coat over it, and no one knew. No one told me this was happening. I just all of a sudden, the weirdest thing was, I happened to find a copy of that magazine, and I I brought it home to for Catherine, my wife, because it had something about ab workouts. She had been talking about them. And she said, well, how did you know this was in the magazine? And I said, what are you talking about? She showed me, and there was this quote from A Dog's Journey right there in this magazine. Strangest thing. Strangest thing. Yeah, there are no coincidences. That's exactly where I found it. I, I have to say, uh, I'd like to say I actually, uh, my, I do have a subscription. I will say that. You could model for the for that magazine. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You could be on the cover. Yeah, uh, how to create one ab over a lifetime. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's that would be my cover design. But yeah, I, I saw that and I, I took a double take because like yeah you know that, that Bruce Cameron he's a, he's a very talented guy. He's a super nice guy. He's an attractive looking guy. But having quotes <laughs> for Bruce Cameron in Men's Health. Okay, well, he's either... That was uh, weird, wasn't it? That <laughs> <laughs> was definitely... So I kept it. I, I've got the little piece of paper right here in front of me. I've kept that from my archives. Uh, so um, as you continue to get even more and more famous, I can pull that out from time to time. So... <laughs> Well, listen, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back, um, talk to Bruce Cameron a little bit more about uh, Repo Madness, and then we're going to catch up on what's going on with the, the movie, obviously. And and I want to also pick your brain, Bruce, about writing styles, you know, and, and continue that theme a little bit about how, how you keep everything sorted out when there's so much going on. So everybody just hang All tight. Right. All right. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And uh, continue our conversation with uh, New York Times bestselling author and my good pal Bruce Cameron uh, talking about his latest book, Repo Madness. 
Now, Bruce, I want to talk to you about writing and writing styles. I, I know in the past, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, when you sit down to you come up with an idea and you sit down to write, you storyboard it, sort of, don't you? You sort of come up with a, an oh, yeah. outline of what you want to write. Now, how do you? Oh yeah, do, absolutely. Yeah. So now, how do you do that? Well, in, in particular, you know, how's that process work for you? Well, I'm a visual storyteller, meaning that the the stories that I tell come to me as if they were little scenes from a movie. I'm watching things happen in my head, and I've got to get them down on paper. And the jump for that isn't clean. It isn't that I see a scene and then I just sit down and write it. I have to see how it relates to the entire book. So I put all these scenes on my whiteboard and I and I outline them and then I work on them so I can see what the flow of the book is. For me, I think a lot of people will tell you if they read A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Journey, the, the two book series, they'll say there's a, a lot of plot there. There's a lot of stuff that happens. And the reason that I'm able to keep track of all that is because I very specifically outline it and ask myself the question at every point, what happens? What's happening? And then I go back. It's very unusual because I know a lot of writers that do it just the opposite. Then I'll go back and fill in the characters. Then I'll go back in and make the characters react to and live in the circumstances that I have created for them instead of creating characters and then seeing what they do, which is I know another way some writers do it. Not me. I've got to know. I've got to know when I start writing. I've got to know how the book's going to end. And I have to know what's going to happen every step of the way. And so by, by outlining that and putting it into place, that keeps you aligned, keeps you on track uh, when putting together the book. Yeah, you know, it's gotten to be, it's not nearly as romantic and fun as it was when I started out. When I, when I first began writing fiction, and uh, I would really get involved with the romance, and I would get involved with what was happening, and it was, it was all about the characters reacting to each other. But I didn't have a really good sense of where I was going with it. I was just enjoying living in the world. And uh, consequently, I wrote eight books that never got published because they weren't actually any good. They, I just, you know. And then I got hired to write a screenplay. I wrote a book called Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, sold it as a TV show. It was on ABC with John Ritter. And they said, why don't we make a movie? This is like a new concept. We're going we're gonna to bring out a film at the same time that there's a TV show on the air starring the same people and see what happens. And I said, okay, great. I'll write a screenplay. Well, I didn't know how to write a screenplay. So I had to sit <laughs> down and read books on writing screenplays. And it opened my eyes because of the amount of outlining and the absolute discipline that goes into writing a screenplay. Because when you are writing a screenplay, you have at most... 120 pages, and uh, you really should be wrapping it up at like 99 to 105. And if you are going much beyond that, then no one's going to read it because they're not going to make it. So the discipline is absolute. And once I realized that I could write and be disciplined like that, I started selling my books because now they made sense. Now they had discipline. Now they had structure. And now they knew at the beginning, when I started writing, I knew how they were going to end, and that made all the difference. And that, what you just said, just fascinates the heck out of me because obviously um, talking about screenwriting, you know, uh, that type of concept, you and I have talked about this, and I've talked to other screenwriters. I had no idea that you actually basically take the bold move of, oh, you you want me to do what? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Now it's like, you know, Google, how yeah. do I screenwrite? <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, no. So when I sat down to write my first screenplay, I had never written one before, but my my girlfriend at the time, Catherine Michon, had. She was a screenwriter. So she helped me 
write my first screenplay, we became writing partners, and then we eventually we got married. So it's a relationship that worked really well. And, she, and Catherine Michon is my writing partner on screenplay for A Dog's Purpose. Exactly. The wildly talented and beautiful Catherine Michon. So uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, that's, what I I meant, I, that's what I meant to say. That's right. You know I she's listening. Say the wildly talented. Yeah. That's right. You, Catherine, you are wildly talented and beautiful, <laughs> my dear. <laughs> You got to and, and tell her that's a quote I'm putting in Men's Health magazine just to just see. If <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I, I've got to ask you uh, two things just come to mind real quick. First of all, since you brought it up, and please get within swinging or out of swinging distance from Catherine at this time. But how is it? How do you guys? <laughs> <laughs> how do you structure that part of it? Because obviously, you're, you're, you're writing partners. You're, you write the screenplays. You did the screenplay both of you for A Dog's Purpose. How does that flow come up? Because uh, do you guys have the same outlines you followed, the mindset, the timing, these type of things, or is it like most uh, relationships, last marriages, that there's a lot of uh, give and take in there? Honestly, I don't know how writing partners work it out if they're not sleeping together. I mean, it is very helpful to us to be able to utilize that particular communication when things get tense. We have a really good uh, understanding of how we work together. For a dog's purpose, this is an example. It was based on my book, and we consider that to be my project. So the problem with a partnership is always if you get get you cannot agree, then the only solution is to dissolve the partnership, which we're not going to do. So we made this rule that it, we decide before we even write the first word whose project it is, who owns it. And so I own a dog's purpose. So in the end, if there was something that came up that we wanted in the screenplay that I wanted that Catherine didn't or vice versa, we decided that it was my project and I got the final vote. And that's how we settle disputes. And it goes remarkably well. Wow. That's amazing. That's big kudos to that. And, uh, I always find it fascinating because, I mean, from my standpoint, uh, a lot of my work is done uh, home-based. My wife works in the same home as I do. We're both home-based. We do totally different projects. But at the end of the day, we're around each other all the time. And, and for us, that works extremely well. It's been working well for you know 30 years. So, uh, wow. it, yeah, which, you know, I'm only 27, so I don't know how that math works. <laughs> it's new math, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. so it's, yeah, so it's wonderful to see how you guys work together and, and put that out, out there. And now, now, two letter last bits, and I'll leave you with this. I got to know more about the scheduling thing, so I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Cause so now, not only are you writing, you know, gotten habit, you, you write your outlines to put together a particular book, but here we are talking about repo madness. And meanwhile, the new movie that has been you've been working diligently on the screenplay for A Dog's Purpose is right around the corner. It's two months away, and you're busy yeah. promoting that. And I'm assuming that in addition to that, there's the next Repo book that's hopefully coming out, and the next uh, you know A Dog Does Something book that your editors are clamoring for. So how do you keep that structured? Do you simply sit down and say, okay, for these three months, I've got to work on the Repo series, and then I'm working on this other? Or is it pretty much two hours here, three hours there? Wow, just talking to you about all this stuff is making me really, really anxious. <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently, I need to get to work. Uh, <laughs> That's what I I'm here have, for, Bruce. <laughs> uh, I do have a pretty good work ethic. It takes me a long time to get that outline perfect. I'll go through several drafts of the outline. But once the outline is done, I can just pretty much sit down and go. And I can, I can literally write as much as is physically possible. I literally, the first thing that blows out is not my brain. It's my back and my fingers and my carpal tunnel and everything starts showing up and I got to take care of that. 
So, but you are right. I, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I got, I've got a couple kids books. I got a kids book coming out next September. I got a humor book coming out in June and I have another dog book. It's going to have a dog on the cover and it's, and it's told from the dog's point of view that's coming out in uh, May. So I've got a lot of things, uh, a lot of, got a lot of things going on and I, you're right. I need to get busy. I don't, I don't know why I'm talking to, on the phone to you. I got to get <laughs> off the phone and get to work. I have no, I have no idea, and I don't know how a repo man from Michigan got so lucky. What is, could it be talent? I don't know. You know, I don't think I'm that talented, but I do think that I just keep working. I think I'm determined, and I a lot of times that's what it takes. That's right. Just wear but them down. I bet you so, there is an element of luck to it. I mean, I was very lucky to get this column, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My teenage daughter out there and to have the response I got to it and to be able to turn that into a book and then a TV show. And we didn't make the movie because obviously John Ritter right. passed away and that was just a terrible tragedy and uh, had a much bigger impact on everybody beyond there was no movie. But uh, so I've had my ups and downs, but I've always been determined to him and I've always tried really hard. And that's my that's my goal right now is to keep trying. That, and you're doing a great job, Bruce. Really proud of you for everything you got going on. And I do have to say, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but obviously the uh, the little teaser clip for A Dog's Purpose, the movie. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, when the movie's going to hit the market, because we're going to talk a little bit in January as well. But tell us when it's out there. And, and, and if you guys haven't seen this clip, you got to get on it right away, because I will tell you this, Bruce, I, you know, knowing you, knowing Catherine, and the great work you do, and, and how kind you are, and how good you are at what you do, Doing. I was expecting good things, but boy, I tell you, I saw that clip, and this is amazing what I'm seeing here. A Dog's Purpose is going to be in theaters on January 27th, and that is next year. And it stars Dennis Quaid and Peggy Lipton, Rick Robertson, KJ Apta, who's a, an Australian uh, young actor. He's really fun. He, though, and all the actors just don't hold a candle to these amazing dogs who are such great actors in this movie. It is heartfelt. It is everything the trailer promises. And I can tell you that because I just saw the finished product. I just saw the finished movie yesterday. And uh, I was in the theater with Josh Gad. And Josh Gad is the voice of the dog in the movie A Dog's Purpose. And I saw, uh, and a few days before that, Catherine went to see the movie and, and Dennis Quaid was there. And we've been hanging out with the, the people stars. And when we were on, we got to hang out with the dog stars. And that was fun. The movie is everything the book is. The movie is touching and warm and happy and funny. And, and yet there will probably be some tears shed because there's some very emotional movie moments. There's scenes of a dog running across a wheat field and the dog is just so full of the joy that dogs have when they're allowed to run. And I teared up. I thought this is, this is the essence of what a dog is. It's these wonderfully joyful animals. And I, I believe that a dog's purpose, the movie captures that joy. Absolutely. So we're excited about that. We'll, we'll leave that teaser there because I know we're going to have the wonderful opportunity to chat with you a little bit more about it in January, coming up here in a couple of months. But uh, yeah, everybody okay. got to see this. Put it put it in pen. Don't even put it in pencil. Put it in pen. Get the babysitter. Get the dog sitter. Whatever you need, you got to see this movie because the trailer is just fantastic. So I, can, I cannot wait. I will be there, definitely. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we're getting ready to uh, come to the end of the show tonight. I uh, want to make sure everybody go out and pick up a copy of Repo Madness. Uh, it's a great read uh, continuing on with the series, and uh, we're excited about it. Bruce, thanks once again for coming on the show. Uh, always a pleasure getting a chance to talk to you, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you here uh, again real soon always a lot of fun all right well uh we're coming to the end of the show today i want to thank uh, everyone for listening to animal rights on pet life radio i want to thank our uh, producers and sponsors for making this show possible if you have any questions comments ideas for the show people you want to hear on the show please drop me an email you can email me at tim at petliferadio.com it's tim at petliferadio.com and i'll be glad to answer your questions entertain your comments and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.